0: it's been said that no relationship is all sunshine, but two can share one umbrella and weather the storm together. And you know, I don't think there was anything true or said about marriage. If you're married, then you know marriage is work. It is hard. I think every couple I've ever spoken to has said those words. And most couples that I've ever met have at some point come to a moment in their journey where they needed a helping hand they needed help and my husband and i are no exception and the couple that i'm having on today have counseled many many couples and what i love about them is that they may not be psychology experts but i have had all the resources and met with numbers of counselors and all these different things throughout my years as a pastor And you know, this couple is just anointed and gifted for what they do, and they have some incredible wisdom and some incredible tools. Of all the resources I've ever gone to, this couple has been the most resourceful place. And thankfully, they were able to be a blessing to my husband and I and help our marriage get over the hurdles that we had. So I wanted to have them on the show. Um, Listen up now. I do want to forewarn you, you're going to hear some environmental noise our cups on the coffee table, maybe the kids downstairs, pages flipping in my Bible. So just let those noises make you feel like you're right there in the room with us. So jump into this episode. They hit the four hot spots of marriage. We don't, We jump into the first two in this episode and the next two in our next episode. This is rich stuff. So settle in, listen up, and don't forget to share the episode with a friend. All right, let's cue that intro music. Music Hi, and you're listening to Java with Jen, with your host, Jenilee Samuel. Alright, so those of you who are listening who are married or ever plan on getting married, know that marriage is a wonderful thing, instituted by God, but it is also the hardest thing that you can ever sign up for in life, because... Well, we're all humans. And so today's, uh, t- today's guests that I have are two people that are very, very special to my husband and I. They stepped into our lives at a time when our marriage needed some help. And so they were in town visiting, and I thought it was a perfect time to pull on their wisdom and have them share with you guys from their wealth of knowledge. They have been working with couples in marriage ministry for 10 years and they've helped hundreds of couples, sorry, dozens of couples, but probably into the hundreds now, um, help save their marriages and work through some of the messiest situations. And so they have some major wisdom to offer. So thank you, Andy and Pat, for coming to today's show. Thank you for inviting us in. Absolutely. What a privilege, what a joy. Absolutely, okay, so Andy, Andy's name is short for Andrea and then Pat, this is Pat. It's Pat. Are you actually a Patrick? Yes.
1: Well, legally I am, but, but that's
2: we go,
0: We go with Pat. Yeah. All right. Okay. So anyway, so Andy and Pat, you guys are from Dallas. Yes. And uh, now how did you guys get pulled into, well actually, okay, first let me back up. Steven and I met Andy and Pat mm-hmm. when we were like, okay, pause, time out, we need to deal with some issues, mostly communication <coughs> issues, but we needed to deal with some issues in our marriage. And um, so we were referred to Andy and Pat. Through our pastors, so we traveled up to Dallas to stay with them for a weekend, okay. and it was amazing what was accomplished in a weekend. Like these guys worked their tails off; they cleaned the house, planned the meals, cooked the meals, cleaned up the meals, did it all with a happy smile, and then literally from sun up to sundown, we were in council <laughs> sessions with these guys. So I was blown away by their their uh their stamina, and so. It was awesome. And so how did you two mm-hmm. get pulled into marriage ministry itself?
1: Um, you want me to go first? Babe? Yeah,
0: you go first.
1: <clears throat> I think um, one of my first earliest recollections of mm-hmm. being involved in marriage ministry was um, when Annie and I have been married for, let me back up, we've been married for 22 years. This is both for us, our second marriage. Okay. So mm-hmm. I'm not proud of it, but it's, it is what it is. Right. Um, we both had some horrific first marriages. Mm-hmm. Um, in my particular case, I was much more responsible, I think, for the for the demise of our marriage than than you were, babe. Um, but um, anyway, we got through all that. Um, I met my wife at work, and I've always had a heart for, for couples because I kind of know what it feels like to be on the other end of things. I know yeah. what a divorce feels like, uh, just like my wife, Andy. I know what it feels like to have two kids that just get ripped out from underneath you, and they mm. get picked up and pulled over. Halfway across the United States with her mom, and uh, and all the damage and the trauma that goes with that. Mm. So I know how that feels. Yeah. And I hate to see it happen with anyone else. So, from a very early age of our marriage, I just knew in my heart that I don't want to ever ever repeat what I went through, right. what my wife went through. But at the same time, you know, the scripture says in Second Corinthians chapter one that you know we serve a God of all comfort, verse three. And the same God that comforts us, we are to comfort others with the same comfort that we've been received. Yeah. That we've received. And I just wanted to start start sharing that type of comfort,
0: mm-hmm.
1: knowing that I've got a, a gal here that just, you know, has been such a, a used instrument by the Lord to see me change. I love her so much.
2: Aww. Yes, we've had we've had our share of, you know, how no matter what your good intentions are. Mm-hmm. And we had pastors speaking into our lives, you know. And we knew that God called us to marriage ministry. We didn't know what that really entailed in the beginning. <laughs>
0: That's probably a good thing, right?
2: Yes. Yeah. And so we were blessed to be covered when we, for our yeah. first two years, we had a honeymoon. And then we got transferred to Europe for our jobs. And there was no real church there. Mm. We no. did not have any kind of... Uh, Co- support structure, support infrastructure, infrastructure nothing. nothing. Community, And yeah. all yeah. hell broke loose, literally, yeah. what almost tore us apart. Wow. And so we're, we're very familiar with all the wrong ways to communicate, all the wrong ways to be a couple, and uh, mm-hmm. all the wrong ways to hurt each other, <laughs> you know, or trying mm-hmm. to manipulate into, you know, it's Submission. all his fault. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> all the blaming game. Yeah. 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 So, um, and out of that, God birthed. Redeemed. Yeah. And we got called into it. We weren't, we did not go looking for it. Yeah.
0: Now I actually, I have to really appreciate the fact that both of you guys have walked the difficult road of divorce and look how the Lord's using your current marriage because a statistically second marriages, you know, have even worse survival rate than first marriages. However, I feel like y'all's story is such a picture of how God, can work you know what I mean God can step in and intervene in any mess that mm-hmm. we offer him and make it beautiful that's right. and I feel like that's what he's done with you guys mm-hmm. as well and um, and so that's just that's just awesome and now Stephen and I our experience at least what I had talked with I mean we we have we're in ministry you know so we've mm-hmm. been around counseling we've done all the things we've counseled mm-hmm. couples we've read all the books we've talked to the minister mm-hmm. we've done all the things and um, and I found that in meeting with you guys it was the most helpful and the most resourceful experience Hmm. that we had had, and yet neither of you are a psychology major, are you?
1: No. No. I'm a business major, and you're a marketing major, so (laughs) hello.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. I just love it. Okay, so, but I feel like what made our time with you really impactful is that you guys listened really well, and you didn't, you didn't try to you didn't make us feel like our perspective or our feelings were invalid. Mm -hmm. You validated our experience and yet we're able to still guide us and give us some tools that Mm -hmm. would make our experience better. And, um, and so actually some of those tools are what we're going to pull into today's episode. Okay. So, how you We got into how you got into ministry. So now we want to address some of the top four issues that couples deal with. You guys have dealt with enough couples. You've seen some patterns. Mm-hmm. And so what would you say, just off the top, and we'll dig into each one, what are the four areas that are probably the most pain, the biggest pain points for people that things fall underneath? Um,
2: of course, we're going to end with this but the top one is communication Mm -hmm. you know and the next is finances there's sex and then culture and and in-laws yeah those things have really impact a couple's lives and you Mm -hmm. bring all your environment in all your pain comes in all your un- unforgiveness, all your issues that were never resolved come into your marriage, whether you realize it or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And begin to take root again.
1: There's a saying that says, any strength taken to an extreme becomes a weakness. Yeah. And culture can be good on its own terms. Sex can be good on its own terms, finance and so forth. But if it's done incorrectly or if it's done extremely Mm -hmm. wrong, then it literally serves to damage the marriage, not to enhance the marriage. Because all of these things that we talked about
2: uh, Everybody knows.
1: Yeah, I mean, communication yeah. if you have a good marriage, you've got good communication. Yeah. But if you have a lousy marriage, then you've got lousy communication. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, so, so goes the train. Yeah. So, uh, we've learned through our mistakes that, um, big
2: ones. <laughs> yeah. That, honestly,
1: that, you know, I, anything taken well can be done well, but mm-hmm. if we take it and, on our own volition and if we make sure that, if we don't make sure that God is that, literally in charge of what it is that we're speaking, mm-hmm. and if He doesn't have the authority and the right to speak in our lives to keep us. Humble and, and teachable, mm-hmm. then you're right. Yeah. It can be a damaging tool.
0: Yeah. Uh, I do want to mention for anyone who's listening who maybe n- th- does not subscribe to the Christian faith, um, that is totally okay, and mm-hmm. I'm totally honored that you're listening, and I would invite you to continue listening through this episode, but I do want to give you the heads up that um, the things that we're going to address in today's episode do come from the worldview of a faith-based narrative. And so from a Christian perspective, I, I know that there are marriages that can make it that are not Christians. Clearly. But as a believer and experiencing how hard marriage is, I'm like, holy crap, we would not be here <laughs> without Jesus. <laughs> so I am really I like grateful. like the way you put that. Yeah. yeah, I'm really grateful for that third factor there. So anyway, so I just want to let you guys know that. It's the
2: power of the blood, which is on another podcast that she's done. Yeah, Lisa, thank yeah. you for
0: that. Yeah, thank you for that plug. Yes, recent episode. Um, okay, so now we did talk about, we'll get into these four things, but I do want to mention, I've been pondering mm-hmm. Um, where I know, right? Uh, I've been pondering where, even just as I've searched my own heart and searched my disappointments with marriage and realizing how much disappointment comes out of unmet expectations and thinking, where did these expectations Mm -hmm. in my heart come from that made me think that it would be normal to have this blissful marriage? Because every couple I've ever talked to is like, marriage takes work. We wanted to quit. We almost destroyed our marriage. <laughs> like we needed yeah, help. That sounds like us. <laughs> I mean, like every couple that I know has gone yeah. through that at some point to varying degrees, of course. Mm-hmm. But it's like, where do those expectations come from that make us feel like we, ha- we have this right to chase this idea that somehow it becomes bliss or we-, we shouldn't be having these troubles? Does that make sense? Yes. So where does that come from?
1: Disney <laughs> When I got married, um I said to Andy, "Honey, our marriage is going to be different it's going to be I've learned from my first mistakes uh, i've i've um, I realized you know there was a lot of things that I did to contribute that were not correct, and got this thing figured out we're going to make it work. Well, that lasted about what three weeks um, I think maybe." maybe. <laughs> yeah. I think part of it, uh, honestly, Jen, is the fact that we carry our baggage with us. Mm. We bring baggage from the old into the new. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have expectations that come maybe from our culture. Mm. We may have expectations that come from our, uh, expe- our experiences. Uh, we may have had bad modeling. Uh, we may have had uh, a situation where I grew up in a single mom household or a single father household, and so I don't understand the other half and how that other half works. So mm-hmm. you compensate by over, Extending on the other end, and then mm-hmm. obviously, when you come into a healthy relationship which to which Annie was very healthy in my mind, you know some of the things that I was trying to overcompensate for she was like well, what 's this about? Why, mm-hmm. why are you doing what you 're doing and so on so part of, I think part of the reasons why marriages don 't work is because of those things I illustrated
2: I think too, um, just being human, I think selfishness, pride, mm-hmm. comfort, yeah you know it's what 's going to mm-hmm. be good for me, what I want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and you really don't realize that to start break, you know, it's not, that's not fair to the other person. Mm -hmm. Because
1: the truth of the matter is when I married Andy, and in fact what I was saying is I want want you to become not only my best friend, I want you to take care of me. Mm -hmm. I want you, if I'm sick, to give me medicine. If I don't feel good, I want you to run the store and give me my medicine. Um, if if I'm in a bad mood, I want you to cheer me up. You know, I mean, we don't say that directly, but at but the you're altar, expecting it. that's what yeah. our expectation is. Mm. You know, and it's it's very much self centric. Mm. I want you to do for me,
0: right?
1: In, in a in a in a Christian marriage, and in a fix mirror, my
0: hurts. I yeah, fix hurts so yes. fix them. Yeah, yeah you know. because
1: that's what you're there for.
0: Subconsciously, so yeah. we do that. Yeah. yeah, we
1: don't say that out front, but then our actions speak louder than what we would otherwise not say. Yeah. So the reality is, I had to get to a place where I recognize that this woman is a gift to me she's Mm. not my servant she's not my piece of property Mm
2: -hmm. or slave or
1: my slave (laughs) Um, but she's my equal Uh and her voice is just as important as my voice yeah Uh, what she wants is as important as what i want if anything it's more important because as the husband my role as a as a leader as a husband is to initiate self-sacrificial love Mm. that's my job my job is to serve my wife as christ served the church pat cooper serves andy cooper Mm -hmm. that's what i do that's what's called for me or called for me as a husband, as a biblical husband, that's what I do. Mm-hmm. When I don't do that, then the, the design of the marriage literally falls apart at the seams because that's not what the intention should look like. Yeah. Anything yeah. other than what he wants from me. And as the initiator of the home, um, I set the standard in terms of you know what's allowed to come in the home. Um, I'm responsible for the safety of the home. I'm responsible for the safety of my wife. Mm-hmm. I'm responsible for the finances of the home. I'm responsible to make sure there's food on the table. I mean, that's my job. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I I receive it and I I embrace it comfortably, mm-hmm. but if I don't do what I've been expected to do, biblically speaking, there's no hope the marriage will work because it's not according to the design that, we've been, that we have walked mm-hmm. into as believers. And to believers.
2: interject. Yeah. It can't be done as a duty. No. Mm. It has good to... Point. You know, you can all you can do all those things mentally, mm-hmm. you know, and and practically. But if you don't have the heart of compassion, mm-hmm. you can't do it. Right. And compassion, if you look up calm, it means together. Mm. So it's the passion of Christ that put him on the cross. It was his compassion that moved him to oh, love good. and to heal and to come after us. Mm. That's why it's not that... You know, He chooses us <clears throat> if we will just be open to Him. He's yeah. he's there choosing us to come in. Yeah. And, you know, it's not us choosing Him.
0: Right, right. You know,
2: because He came after me mm-hmm. when I was broken. Yeah. You know, in all our broken places in our marriage, if you let Christ in, he will, come, he will come in. And that's why we do what we do. Because at the time that we were going through all our mess... We didn't know anything about marriage ministry. Mm -hmm. We didn't know anyone in marriage ministry. We go to our pastor, and they don't know what to do with us, you know? That's hard. (laughs) It's like, just pray. Well, Well, you can't just pray. You need practical wisdom Mm -hmm. and application Mm -hmm. of scriptural truths. Mm -hmm. And
1: I I remember the phrase that we talked about the other day, babe. Jen, we had this conversation the other day in in your kitchen. Um, God knows my sin, but calls me out by my name. Mm. The enemy knows my name, but calls me out by my sin. Yeah, yeah,
0: and the accusation.
1: And that's just that's powerful mm-hmm. because God sees my potential,
0: mm-hmm.
1: not my present. He right. sees the man that I can become, and it's kind of funny. I, I don't want to do it too much of a segue, but when I married her, 22 years ago, at the young age of 40, whatever. I spoke in existence things yet not to come. Mm-hmm. I will love you forever. I didn't know what that meant. Yeah. I would take care <laughs> of you You didn't forever. know what
2: love was. Yeah. 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 Because
1: within three months <laughs> yeah. after I made that commitment, I had my first God of cancer. Mm. Yeah. And this woman here literally went over backwards to take care of me. Mm. We didn't know that at the time.
0: Yeah. And
1: so you know, you can use that in any example, but the illustration still stands out. When, when we made a commitment initially to start this covenant of love, that we, it's not a contract, it's a mm-hmm. covenant, We made a commitment, speaking to the future, things that we haven't yet seen, Mm -hmm. simply knowing that by God's grace, he will give us and equip us with the grace and with the strength and the wisdom that we will need then to accomplish what it is that he wants us to accomplish as a couple, and for the legacy that comes behind us.
0: Right. Okay, so I have a question then. You mentioned something about that your role and job, according to God's design, is as the husband to lead in an example of selfless love. Correct. Okay, so... Now, I have observed in raising four boys, and having grown up with girls, there is quite a difference. <laughs> and yeah. and I, yeah, I, I don't know if it's fair to say that yeah. I feel like the male nature tends to be a little more on the selfish side.
1: I, I would agree, than the guys that I know, yeah.
0: Okay, okay. And I don't know if that's because they're wired to have a, help, a helper, you know, so it's like they really love being taken care of, like do it for me, and they'll yeah. just let me do all the things do you it know with
2: me. Yeah. yeah,
0: exactly so um, but I again, I don't want to like label the male gender because that's not that's fair because we can we could, we could stereotype it. women as well sure. um but what I have found is like in dealing with couples, and I read a marriage book where I think it was written by Smalley. Where he mentioned, um, he said, of all the counseling that he's done, 97% of failed marriages, it falls on the man's shoulders. It Mm -hmm. was his his fault that it was failing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, really? You know, I was thinking about Mm -hmm. that. But you mentioned that selfishness is at the core of wise be- So I'm not, I'm not trying to pin bad marriages on men. That's no, not what I'm saying. But where did you come into the revelation? Because I don't hear a lot of men talk about that. I don't hear a lot of men say mm. my job is to selflessly love my wife. You know, they maybe have heard it. They maybe yeah. want to get there, but haven't really had the revelation. Mm-hmm. Most of us humans have not had that revelation. <laughs> um, so how did you as a man get that revelation? Because that is a very separating Perspective—it yeah. separates you from yeah. other husbands, you know. And mm-hmm. the godly men I know that operate like that, you know, it sets. Do you happen
1: apart. to have a Bible up here somewhere? I do. Okay, if you can get that, I can talk to you in the meantime. Um, two things really strike out to me, Jen, as you're asking that question. The first one is in Philippians chapter one, verse. Verse. Uh, how do you find Philippians for the reading? I'll talk to you. On um, the second thing <laughs> I don't find that hit me um, that really gave me a new perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I was with. For as long as I can remember, I've always been in accountability with other men. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a lot of men don't agree with that because it's, you know, it comes across as fluffy, as soft, and uh, nothing masculine about that. I think you got it. Okay. But, um,
0: <laughs> I had the cheater tabs for you right now. Yeah, oh, yeah, I did see the cheater tabs.
2: But,
1: <laughs> but one thing that I have really enjoyed um, about being under accountability with other men. Is that I get to see other men in their environment, like they get to see me in my environment, and Mm -hmm. I get to hear their stories. I get to hear from their wives. I get to hear from their kids, and where most of my modeling came from came from biblical men Mm. that are not afraid to stand up for the integrity of what God has put into their lives and what God has put into their spirit, and the way that they lead and they lead well. Mm -hmm. Um, So accountability is one thing that has kept me close to being. The man that God has called me to be, because I have other men that call it out in me. Mm -hmm. The Scripture says in Hebrews four, we are to provoke one another to love and to good works. And that that word "provoke" literally means to take a stick, sharpen the edge, and stick it in the (laughs) other person's (laughs) side, poke poke it, and just kind of catch me off guard. That's wrong. You shouldn't say that to your wife. You shouldn't act like that. You shouldn't. You shouldn't spend money like that without asking. So that's that's one thing that's really helped me. The other thing is this: um, it's in
0: the accountability community.
1: uh, yeah, community is just something um, that I just live and die on. Um, the other one talks about Jesus and how he. See, this is funny because my Bible is marked, and I know it's right there. But it's yeah, like,
0: right. I know that.
1: <laughs> um, where is that scripture where he, he emptied himself of all of all grace and he he became like a man? Uh, where is that thing? And everything that he did. He was two
0: fourteen.
1: No, sorry, it's in the flip. You guys ask another question. I'll find this thing. You guys keep talking.
0: Okay. Okay, so at some okay. point you came upon that revelation, and it's a powerful one. Okay, so what about you? Like, what was it like for you being on the other side of that? Because obviously, it's not just male versus female. Men are not the only ones that are called to lay down their life. As the body of Christ, we are still meant to reflect Christ, regardless of our gender. And so how did, you, how did the Lord challenge that in you of like, hey, real love lays its life down? And what was it like learning that with your husband as well and seeing him learn that? Um,
2: in our situation because really it depends on the dynamics of each couple Mm -hmm. and um, in our relationship Pat's best term was he was very aggressive and a bulldozer Mm. I was the very soft sweet you know person that didn't know how to stand up for myself sure so part of our healing was also learning to be assertive Mm. but respectful for you for me mm-hmm. you know and to understand and that's where communication comes in because he's trying to change and flubbing up everywhere because that's normal in the beginning mm-hmm. yeah you know and i would think oh he's doing so good but i know it's going to happen again mm-hmm. you know and right. that's normal in the beginning mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you have to get it's the process of coming out of your junk mm-hmm. you know yeah. so if you Yeating have an overgrown yeah. garden it doesn't <laughs> take one weeding to get rid of all the junk you've got more weeds and you've got roots and you've got rocks you got to get out of there before you can even start really planting the seeds for the seeds to take place and grow so um and basically it was that it was learning that he was sincerely trying Mm. even though he was flubbing up and he i have to learn to give grace and not be Mm. in judgment not be critical you know because i was so wounded i you know i became like him to to kind of push him back, so I got critical. I got judgmental and I had tone, mm. so I had to come out of those things. Sure, you know, so yeah, um, and, and in order for us to get through the tone part, because that's what would set him off. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, you know, and he would like and his his bulldozer come out and all right. that, you know. And I said, you don't have to do that to me. I'm not two years <clears> old. Just <throat> just say tone. Yeah, and don't say it mean. Just say, did I hear tone? <laughs> so when he would do that, it would like, oh, It'll I'm sorry. You. It catches me. Yeah. yeah. Because you don't always
0: realize. And after about,
2: what, six months? There was no more tone. And Mm. there's hardly been tone since. Really? Unless I have to use it. So it's (laughs)
0: really like, it's an exercise. It's a retraining of your thinking. It's a retraining. And really, it's probably, I would imagine, issues you're working through with him might even have been unique to this marriage as opposed to a past marriage. Yes. Right? Yes. Okay. And that just goes to show, you marry a human. And their personality, their lens, all the things comes into play. Everything. Okay, so you found your scripture. I did.
1: It's in in Philippians chapter 2. And it says this, do nothing, uh, starting in verse uh, Mm. 3, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider each other better than yourself. Each of you should look not only to your own interest, but Mm. to the interest of others. Your attitude should be that of, of Jesus Christ, who, being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, Mm. but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness, and being formed and fashioned in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even to death of the cross. Therefore, God has exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name above every other name, that the name of Jesus, every name, shall bow in heaven and on earth, and so Mm. forth. But that whole idea of doing nothing out of selfish ambition Mm. or vain conceit, yeah, that uh, Ephesians four does the same thing in terms of how we communicate, and we'll talk about that, I guess, a little bit later. But I had to recognize that when I got married, part of the the mantle that I carry is a mantle to be teachable, mm-hmm. a mantle to be uh, selfless, mm-hmm. a mantle, as it says here, to have no selfish ambition,
0: right?
1: A mantle that would say, I don't want any vain conceit in this marriage. Um, in in other words, you know, there's a difference between being transparent and translucent. When I'm transparent, I can see out that window that I'm looking at on my left right here. And right. I can see right out there as if I can go out and touch the house next door.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Translucent says, you know the old showers that have those big six by six bricks that you could see kind of through those glass bricks that mm-hmm. you could see through. You could see a shape, but not the real thing. Mm-hmm. Well, the difference in this, in terms of principle between having a transparent marriage and a translucent marriage is two things. When I'm transparent, my wife sees everything. She mm-hmm. sees what's on my internet. She sees what's on my um, my computer my ipad she sees what comes in through the mail she sees what happens with my friends mm-hmm. there's nothing she sees my facebook everything when i'm translucent you don't see the full thing you see a shadow mm. so when i'm translucent and i have a translucent marriage i have secrets
0: yeah
1: i don't tell her everything i kind of hold back i keep things like you know i honey i spent a hundred dollars the real the reality is i had 120 dollars but i got 20 bucks in my pocket eh, she won't miss it because i'm mm-hmm. not gonna tell her about it so how right. how can she miss it the other thing about being translucent... The little foxes.
2: Yeah, yeah, the
1: other thing about being translucent that really wrecks a marriage is that you allow half-truths to get through.
0: Yeah.
1: So in other words, honey, I love you, but I love all these other women too. You know, But I don't tell you that. I just tell you what I want you to hear. Right,
0: right.
1: So the reality is... It
0: becomes deceptive. I, I keep mm-hmm.
1: I keep secrets, and I become deceptive mm-hmm. when I'm translucent. And
0: manipulative. And
1: manipulative. And the scripture <laughs> says right here... Right like clearly, what, what
0: our culture would call little white lies. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. but little
1: white lies will kill... A big marriage.
0: Yeah. So yeah.
1: the scripture is very clear that I have to look at others better than myself. Mm-hmm. So as a husband, I have to make sure this girl here next to me feels safe, mm-hmm. that she feels like she can do anything and, do, and become anything she wants to become. We heard um, in a teaching, we're with Family Life and- uh,
2: For a time. For a
1: time. And mm-hmm. one of the thing, teachings that we heard when we were at a, at a conference, a guy by the name of Crawford Loritz, he's a pastor That's in Louisiana. Zealand, And
2: mm-hmm.
1: he said, my job is to make my wife great.
2: Mm. Yeah, when he said that, it was like, wow, it just went all over me because I have been squashed so yeah. much yeah. in my life, not just with Pat, no,
1: but just in general. And then the, le- general. the next thing he said is, not only is my job to make my wife great, my job is to put yeah. wings and air under those wings to give her the lift that she needs mm-hmm. to do anything she wants to do without condition.
2: That's very hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you really need, that's where the accountability and that's where other people can speak because women can use that. Yeah. And really destroy men and we have seen that. Sure. You know, because yeah, it's just the new, new human nature. Yeah, They're I bent. feel like
0: I feel like that that topic in itself could be a whole Another, episode. Oh yes. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's what I'm going to stop. Like right getting there. into the practicals. <laughs> I so, know. Okay. Okay. Well let's dig into these four issues then that may and we're just gonna we're gonna let's see how our time is because if we need to turn this into We're at 30 minutes already. Are you serious? Mm Mm-hmm. I know You've it's been easy. Talking a lot, Jen. I know. I know we're talking too much. Okay, so what we'll do is we'll hit for this episode. We'll hit these first two issues, which okay. is finances and sex, okay. and that way you feel like you can kind of unfold those a little bit more than works. if we we're rushing. Okay. And then we'll do culture in and how to deal with in-laws and communication, which communication is the big, big oh, it's heavy huge, hitter. like that's it's huge. huge. Yeah. And so we'll deal with those in part two. So okay. make sure you come back next week, folks. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so okay, so let's get into finances. So what have you seen being like some of the main major contenders in a financial yeah, red flags. Ahead,
2: yeah. sweetheart.
0: Well, uh, well or let me let me maybe guide it a little okay. bit. Okay, so you guys were telling me earlier, like every marriage there's a saver and a spender. Yes. So already they're gonna view things differently. There's
1: yes. already conflict built in. There's already conflict the perfect built storm in. Is already right yes. There.
0: And so we, of course, we encountered that when we were first married. Stephen is really the same, and I just finally realized if we're going to have a good financial situation, he better be in charge. <laughs> <laughs> I like to spend the money, yeah. but I like to find Show a good deal, money. you know. Yes. So, but I'm just I'm going to spend a little bit more liberally than him. So, what have you guys found with savers and spenders? How can they avoid that conflict from the beginning um, in recognizing those roles?
2: Well, with numerous, numerous couples that we have worked with, they don't have a budget in place at all. Mm. You know, like, oh, I have a file and I you know, it's the haphazard way of trying to pay bills and or they think they have the money and realize, oops, we don't we've already spent it. You know, so we sit down with them and we put everything down, including mm. tithe offerings. You know, whatever whatever it is. Man, and you guys every... help build
0: budgets and everything? Yes. You guys these are the whole package everything. right here. This is the whole We're
2: package. talking credit cards you know, mm, then, dad, yes, you know, and then, yes, and then we see what's left over in real time. Okay. You know, because mm-hmm. we even have them save receipts for groceries, because wow. you always think you spend less than, you know what <laughs> I mean? That's true. To manipulate what's on the paper, uh-huh. and then you wonder why you're in arrears all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, you you save your receipts for a month on your gas, your your meals, all that. One girl was going by Starbucks, and she would go out to lunch every day. Oh, wow. At the end of the month, she spent between four and $500. And she she was a single mom, you know, and so we had to really rein her in, rein her in. What about that gentleman
1: you worked with um, last year that was you were sharing the same office with him?
2: Oh, my goodness. We will go there. Oh, my goodness. I had pieces of my Excel spreadsheet put together. He had charges being sucked out that he forgot about. Oh, yeah. You know, so it's just a matter of. Taking and be aware of yes. everything that's going out mm-hmm. and then sitting down and do a budget. Mm-hmm. And then along with the budget, is like, okay, if you're in the red, what can we cut out? Yeah. What's realistic? Mm-hmm. What do we pull back on? How can we change things? Your grocery bill doesn't have to be that high. All those different yeah. kind of things, to, but make it easy for their lifestyle.
0: Okay, so how do you, practical here, how do you do that in that I have learned in observing and experience that people will have different things they value and feel like are worth spending my Fixing to get there. Okay, good, yeah, good, good. That got. was my next So, thing. how do you do that with couples?
2: With what we have, what we do is um because we each are different, and we do have mm-hmm. different wants. Like mm-hmm. you may like to have things for the home; he wants things for tools, the tools mm-hmm. or cars or whatever. So we have a wish list mm-hmm. of things. We prioritize those things, and then we give it equal. If there's anything left over, if it's just twenty bucks, he gets ten; I get ten. Oh, I see. You see what I'm saying? Or if there's things we want to do together, like yeah. renovate the kitchen, you've got to. But that takes a lot of communication.
0: Sometimes you need a mediator. A
1: compromise. Well,
0: and In I would, the beginning. Yeah. Well, and I would imagine too sometimes. And we've sometimes, been mediators. Yeah. I would imagine for some of those smaller things that you're like, I don't want to have to have a family meeting because I want to go spend $60 okay. on face cream. Let me go ahead. address
1: that. Okay. So, okay. We yeah. have a thing called med money.
0: Yes. And this uh, yes. works.
1: Every, yeah, every month, because we're both retired military, we get an annuity. And 150 dollars goes to Andy, and 150 bucks comes to me, mm-hmm. and that's money that we can do anything with. Mm-hmm. And I normally end up in home, home Depot the day after, or right. Lowe's. <laughs> that's just your I, I usually stick out,
2: and I give um, mine away.
1: Yeah, and she A gives hers away to the kids or to, to the grandkids or whatever, or
2: people that need it. M- yeah.
1: But the beauty of that is, um, to your question earlier, I can spend that 150 any way I want to. Now, some of that money I give to help support, you know, different uh, m- missionaries that I'm very comfortable supporting. Mm-hmm. But the balance of money left over, uh, I usually either save it for something big down the road, mm-hmm. or if I see something right now, and then I'll just I'll spend it, and I'll, send it, I'll tell my bride, hey, look, honey, I, just so that you know, because it always goes back on my budget. Mm-hmm. I just spent this much money, so out of the 150 minus this and this and this that I give out for tithes and so forth that's my choice Mm -hmm. over and beyond what we do i guess that's more of an offering isn't it Mm
2: -hmm. yeah yeah yeah
1: this is this is money i spent so that you you know i'm not spending into our money i'm spending into my money Mm -hmm. and so i record anything that i spend on my mad money i record it so i know how much of a balance i have left over yeah so there's no guesswork there's no well i think i only spent 20 bucks so yeah i still have a hundred whatever money left over
2: and i do it the easy way
1: what do you do well, because you, have we, che- we, yeah. you have a checking account.
2: Because we are, we're at a credit union, so I just do a sub-account. And I have my own little checking account. Yeah, that's so what go, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I can write checks
0: on it. I just never did yeah. that.
1: I, I probably should just it's make easier. my
0: account. It yeah. is easy. yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Do, they
1: do the thinking for you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we follow Dave Ramsey, but mm-hmm. we do it all digitally. So instead of carrying yeah, cash right, everywhere, exactly. it's all digital. Yeah. And so Stephen will just move. Well, it used to be I had an allowance. Now I have an, a job, so that became my allowance. But yeah. when I had an allowance, he would just move that into my account, and I could use it. Do what you want to never cared that no, yeah. I spent it. It was whatever. Exactly. So, okay, that's great. So that's really good and practical. You need a budget. And then having mad money is a really great idea. And communication matters. How yes. How often do you guys sit down and touch base about the finances? Once a week.
2: yeah pretty much yeah well what we do at the head of the year is we go through all our bills to make sure that our average for our electricity and all that that's what we do is we do averages Mm -hmm. and we build the budget for the year Mm -hmm. and then we do our wish list Mm kind of like a vision thing yeah you know and then we once it's set it just rolls itself and then we also we're at a place now because we budgeted like this that our homes paid off You know, one of our big cars are paid off, so we were able to replace them. So it allows you freedom to be able to do the things you need to get done, Mm -hmm. and it gets easier. It does get easier. Over it's time. very hard, and so you need to look. It's not a pie in the sky, but I promise you, yeah. you till that ground, you're going to reap your results.
0: Yeah, because it's true. You're going to have to say no to things. Yes, you're going to have to know. say no on, to things yes. you really want. But, <laughs> That's exactly right. But the funny right. part
1: is, is that we don't say no to each other. We say, well, the budget says. Yeah, because right. I, I used
0: to be so mad at
2: him because he could like squeak a penny out of ketchup or something ridiculous.
1: <laughs> you know, and it's like and it's only ten
0: uh-huh. dollars.
1: I said, well, the budget says we can't do it, babe. I, oh, man, I
0: remember getting so to creative to try to make money, oh, sell yes. stuff on online, yeah, and exactly. yeah, yeah. clip
2: coupons. I mean, oh I saved gosh. a fortune on coupons. I did save yeah. a
0: fortune on coupons. That was nice. Okay, so on to the next topic, which would be sex. Now, I know sex could be a conversation in itself, yeah. but your guys' approach to sex is more that it is like a thermometer of the relationship, Correct. right? Or thermostat, thermometer. thermometer. And so, tell me a little bit about that. What do you mean by it setting the being the indicator of the relationship?
1: Sex doesn't start in the bedroom. It ends in the bedroom. Mm. It starts in the kitchen when you're doing laundry. It starts in kitchen the... Doing
0: laundry,
1: huh? Yeah, right. It could be the laundry room for that matter.
0: <laughs> in Europe it is. What? Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, but sex is the culmination of a relationship that has gone well all day. Mm. Um, if Andy is having a hard time with the kids and I don't step in and help her out, but I expect her to be kind and considerate with me at night, mm-hmm. how do you think that's going to work? Yeah. If I've been harsh with her with my words all day long, and I just strip her down with my emotional behavior. How do you think she's going to feel when she's naked in front of me,
2: Mm-mm.
1: trying to be safe, when she has nothing to hide behind? Right. So
2: That's your corner of the bed, stay there. Yeah. <laughs> you can so, sleep over there. Yeah. Everybody's <laughs> hugged that side of the mattress before.
1: <laughs> so you know so sex is really a, a, a byproduct of what happens the other 95 percent of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm not being sensitive to my wife, then how can I expect her to be sensitive to me when I want her to be? able to meet my physical needs. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. Um, we've met too many guys that look at sex as, you're my object, you're married to me, I want sex, give it to me.
0: Yeah. That simple. Which goes back to that selfishness Correct. thing.
1: Correct. Yeah. Correct. It's not, it's, it's, self, it's not self-serving, it's being served. Uh, does that make sense? It is
0: self-serving. It is
1: self-serving, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I'm not, yeah, I'm not becoming sacrificial in my serving. Right. I'm expecting her to serve me, right. my needs, when I'm not considerate of her situation. hmm We've met too many guys who've had affairs. hmm and think it's over. Got to, you know. I'm sorry. Check the box. You know, honey, will you please forgive me? Okay, now let's have sex.
0: Right. And yeah.
1: it it doesn't work <laughs> because as you and I, as all of us all know, there's a there's an emotional component to sex. There's a spiritual component to sex. There's a and the
2: trust is a the there's foundation a trust the, component yeah, to sex. Yeah.
1: I can marriage. break. I can. Uh, Jimmy. I want to say Jimmy's right, Jimmy Evans said it so well. He says oh. trust is earned in drops.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: but lost in buckets.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and that's true. That's so it true. It is
1: so true. So I can earn drop after drop after drop over the course of years, and in one moment, in an adulterous affair, I can lose it. Mm-hmm. And then for me to have the gall to come back in my way and say, babe, I'm sorry, I messed up. It's been up.
2: six months. Can't you forgive me? Yeah, I uh, mean, it takes longer and, than that. And <laughs> as we talked earlier, yeah.
1: to the degree that someone has been hurt, is to that same degree they have to be healed. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: And I can't make that determination. Mm-hmm. The person who has been hurt is the person who knows what it looks right. like and what it feels like to be healed. Now, with that said, yeah. that can also be used as a manipulative manipulative, manipulative yes. tool. Get right. it right there, Cooper. So, Annie could, malip- could <laughs> manipulate me <laughs> if she wanted to, but she won't. But if she uh-huh. wanted to, she could use that against me and say, well, you know, you crushed me four years ago. So right. you know, somewhere there's a balance, right. and if it seems like it's it's not in the normal scope of things, mm-hmm. that's where third-party mediation typically needs to come in mm-hmm. and help put a perspective on where the where the hurt was, and right. also how the healing needs to look to overcome yeah. the hurt.
0: Yeah, because the person that is obtaining healing also has an active well, journey of yeah. forgiveness. Correct. Yes. It's active.
1: Yeah. And yes. it's yeah. They definitely can't manipulate not. on that. They, no. They either Babe, I'm, you know, you're wrong and I'm still getting over it. And communication's important. Uh-huh. I need to be able to say to my wife if something hurt me that bad, babe. Uh-huh. That hurt. Yeah. And you know what? I'm still getting over it. So I just, you know, we're talking about heart care and heart talk. I guess yeah. in another yeah, another in another series. series but, but the reality is I've got to be able to communicate where I have pain right? and why I'm not where I need to be right now and right. I need time and I need space. To so hear just that. work with me, but know that yeah. that's where I'm at right now.
0: Yeah. And I and I feel like <clears throat> two things I want to point out. One that the person who's been hurt mm-hmm. is the person who sets the pace Correct. Yes. at at how at how they heal yes at yes. how much trust is now given Correct. because you know just like for the guys to maybe to see it from the flip side if your wife went and spent all your money burned up your 401k and emptied your savings now you're account getting personal. and then she apologizes <laughs> let's, let's, and wants yeah. full access to the accounts you might be like, mm, let's That's have a different plan. That's a great way you know? Yeah, I like that. Right, and That's so she's got to earn, earn that trust, trust and show faithfulness, little. right? Good point. And so it's the same way sexually, because it's a trust issue. It's sure not is. a sex issue. It's, it's a trust issue. It's a safety issue too. It's Do safety. I feel?
1: Does Andy feel safe around me? Someone asked the question once. What would it look like if someone, if I were to marry someone like me,
0: mm-hmm.
1: who thinks like me, who functions like me, who has perspective like I have perspective? I don't know. That would be a pretty sight.
2: It wouldn't be. <laughs> No, because
0: all the blind spots would be really <laughs> big. Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
2: Yeah. And they'll be both finding for the same positions. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: So the reality says that if if I want to have a, a good sex life, then what needs to happen is that I've got to make sure that before we get to that consummate relationship, that going into that relationship, my wife feels secure. Mm-hmm. She feels healthy. She feels safe. She feels like she can have friendships outside mm-hmm. of my friendship. She feels like she can become herself without me putting a clamp on her. Yeah. She can feel like there's a sense of freedom that she has and that she owns mm-hmm. um, because of our marriage and because of what we stand for. Um, but yeah. if she feels like she's just a piece of uh, lumpy coal in the corner and I just pull her out when I need her or when I don't need her I throw her back in the corner. There's yeah. no
2: intimate There's relationship no, yeah. and then yeah. we're not talking sexual. Right. We're talking about yeah. feelings and, yeah. and you know yeah. working together through things. If you don't have that yeah. and you're demanded upon uh-huh. that's that's nothing but domination. Yeah. And it the other, is. The, yeah. I, this
1: just occurred to me. The other thing I heard a while ago was on a nature study but the human race yeah. is the only species that mm-hmm. when they make when they make love to each other
2: mm-hmm.
1: they're eye to eye.
2: Oh wow! Face yes. to face. It's true. Wow. Everyone Scientific else is back to back. Huh?
1: So, another reason why sex has to be has to be um, one on one intimate is because I've got to be able to look at my eye, my wife, and know that she can look right into my soul mm-hmm. as I'm making love to my girl,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and know that there's nothing there that's translucent. Right. It has to be one on one.
0: Right.
1: Personal, safe, secure, and she has to know that I am the apple of her eye. And she's the apple of my eye. Right. I'm a one woman man. She's a one man woman yeah and that's how it needs to be
0: well and that's how and that the whole purpose in that is that that was God's original design from Correct. the garden you guys have to forgive the door it is driving me crazy <laughs> the kids are going in and out downstairs and it's making my door slam but it's too noisy to leave it open so anyways <laughs> anyway, um, moving on <laughs> they know I've get so you know it works out um but when God's original design in the garden everybody was naked and unashamed and that's God's original plan. like in the bedroom that's exactly we're going back to the garden supposedly but I did make this point to my husband one time when we were talking about you know working out our issues there I was like listen for me to connect with you emotionally it doesn't cost you your dignity it well it might actually a little Mm -hmm. bit but it doesn't it doesn't take from you it's still something that can nourish your soul Mm -hmm. Mm But when you ask for me sexually and you have not been there for me emotionally, like, it actually costs me something. It yes. costs my dignity and makes me feel used. And so I was trying to make the point for him like, like, I want to be available to you, but if you haven't met those emotional places for me, then... I can I can do you some favors, you know, but after a while, it's going to be detrimental to us because you're placing a demand where you don't have any equity. And you have to build it. You have to put equity there. You know, you have to make an investment before you can make a withdrawal. And uh, and so I think it maybe helped him understand. I was yeah, like, it's not that I point. don't like sex. It's not like I'm trying to be um, withholding, withholding um, yeah, from yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I was like, you have to realize you're actually taking from me. It's mm-hmm. not just... It's it's more it's hard than, for
2: you to give up yourself because emotionally you're not
0: safe. Well, and Correct. I feel like, you know, Good because point. the male is the leader, I feel like it's it's just why it, it has to come from him first. Like he has to meet the Initiate. need that's present first, yeah. you know, and, kind of. and if he's not and again, you know, if we have a healthy relationship ongoing, if he's been inaccessible all day, whatever, sex at the end of the night's not gonna kill me. But if there's a, a habit pattern, or a pattern yeah. Of inaccessibility, different yeah. it's different. And then sex becomes detrimental because it's yeah. wounding my soul because it, it feels selfish, you know? And that's where... You yeah. feel used. A, yeah, yeah, you feel used. And that's honestly where I've heard a lot of women mm-hmm. operate from that place. And I think that's why there's kind of like this negative connotation for women, or almost a joke sometimes, of like, huh, yeah, I just try to... I hide yeah. in the shower and wait till he's asleep, you know? And like, yeah. women that'll yeah. do... The, and it's because of men not knowing how to meet emotional needs, not knowing how to... Um, Rise up and be the man that they can be. Maybe because they're afraid of failing. Maybe because they're selfish. Maybe because of well, who knows what. You know? Maybe because the woman has been manipulative. You know? And yes. you know what I mean? Not doing her place. And right. so, anyways, but all that to say, like, sex is, it's a, it's an, it's a fruitfulness. It's it is. a fruit it's of a, a byproduct of a Because otherwise it's just a physical thing. Right. It's and, just, and
2: there's no emotion in it. And and then you've lost the beauty of sex. Yeah. You've lost the... The joy of sex, mm-hmm. you know, and when we were there at that point, where, you know, because in a man, they do have a time cycle that is physical and they have to have sex or they will go crazy, yeah. you know. I mean, that, and <laughs> what I'm is not that time joking. cycle exactly? I think mm-hmm. when it every like every 70, three days, every three okay. days, it's oh, a, that that's explains a kind of a norm, it, yeah. yeah, and usually that's why you have it about two, three times a week, mm-hmm. you know on a normal basis is cuz they actually have a testosterone rise right you know and a lot of women now this is this is going to get a little bit I'll I'll keep it not so graphic, but, um, (laughs) but you know, when, when you're married and you wake up and you think he's had one of those dreams, you know, and it's like, no, that's, that's his hormonal thing. He's not anywhere else, you know, Mm -hmm. except where he's with you, Mm -hmm. you know, and so, because I didn't know that happened, you know, right? and most women don't. And Mm -hmm. that's why women need to talk to women. Men need to talk to men. They need to get that accountability. They need to learn how to be emotionally connecting to their wives. Yeah. You know. You me, oh,
1: oh, go ahead. I want to say one thing about being naked, if I can. Mm-hmm. The first, their first reference to naked oh, yeah, ever is, good. is in uh, Genesis chapter two, mm-hmm. uh, verse twenty-five, the last verse of twenty of uh, chapter two, and it says, "And God and his, excuse me, and man and his wife were both naked and felt no shame." Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we've talked about this before when we we're up when you're up at our house, but that word "naked" in that particular version, or that particular um, edition, rather, of the last verse of chapter two of Genesis. That means transparent. Mm. So they were both transparent, and they felt they had no shame. Mm -hmm. Seven verses later in chapter three, after the enemy has come in, and after the The deceit has happened, the fall has happened, again, in in verse seven of chapter three of Genesis, it says, and the eyes of them were both open, and they realized that they were naked, and they sewed thick leaves together and made coverings for themselves. That's Mm -hmm. the second time the word naked is ever used in the Old Testament. Is
0: it the same word, naked? It is
1: not the same word. Wow. It means stripped by means of cunning.
0: Oh Yeah. I Manipulated. Yes. Wow. So
1: the first naked is a god naked. Uh huh. Which is a transparent naked. Right. The second naked is an enemy naked or a satanic naked, which uh-huh. is a deceitful a or a yeah. stripping naked.
0: Wow. Isn't that interesting? Two I verses never, I never known
1: that. Two verses seven uh, two two words seven verses apart.
0: Mhm.
1: Worlds of difference between the two. Just
0: so okay. and, and it yeah. goes to show you yeah. like there's a there's, there's an enemy that wants to keep you apart clearly. yeah there's yeah. good sex and there's and a bad, bad sex right. there's a there's it's still a, sex
1: yeah but which way are you looking at it from
0: yeah exactly verse wow. two or,
1: i mean chapter two or chapter three if you will
0: wow you know? that's really that's yeah. really insightful
1: Stripped by means of cutting huh
2: but i i want to interject with um <clears throat> women that are working through issues with their husband and yeah. i'm talking when they're both working on it mm-hmm. especially in this department um There are going to be times going through because you're going to go through very extreme emotions Mm -hmm. as you're healing, and sometimes you're going to feel, even the I even felt hate towards my husband. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just going to be very honest, Mm and um, the thought of him touching me was mm-hmm. like so grotesque and so angry made me so angry, and I and knew the reason why
1: is because I was mm-hmm. having emotional affairs not mm-hmm. not adulterous affairs per se, but I was having emotional affairs with some of my cohorts, mm-hmm. and I was in total denial about the whole thing mm-hmm. I'm not proud about that, but that's that's what she's talking about mm-hmm. here, so okay. let's just put it out there
2: and so um you know for for him to touch me would make me cringe right, but I also knew and and there was yeah. something I know that was God working in me, mm-hmm. you yeah. know. But he said, sacrifice for me. Mm. Because, you know, I don't know how far to the edge he was. Right. But if he wasn't going to be held at home, mm-hmm. and he was already that extreme, yeah, it's not going to be... Not much, much further. Much, so, yeah. It's just more over of the edge. You know, Yeah. And so, yeah. and that's a reality. It's not, it you is. know, so, and it wasn't a fear thing, but... And that was a laying down of your life. Right yes. Yeah. That, that was, was sacrifice a to sacrifice exactly. to the Lord. Yes. Yeah. To fulfill my part... In being a wife and loving my husband, and Mm -hmm. I tell you what, the whole I would ask the Holy Spirit to shift my heart Mm -hmm. to help me love him through this and help me not, you know, get sick. I mean, really, I'm just being very honest. But there were times where the Holy Spirit just, and He did it every time, you know. But some to the greater degree, the more heart. Yes, and, and 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 it was an enjoyable blessing. Hmm. You know, but it was the Holy Spirit that did that. Yeah. It was more yeah. than me. Because Andy and her human flesh could not do it. Well,
1: you talk, real, if I can, real quick. Talk about that situation. You were at the sink and you saw the... Engine. Oh, yeah.
2: I was. That was the the darkest was, part yeah, mm-hmm. really, i uh, mm-hmm. had saved money from grocery shopping to buy one way ticket home oh, wow. from, we were in germany we at the time we were in germany and yeah. in germany there's like 6 months of darkness and dreariness mm. and wet and cold yeah, and gray so skies. and it, it was yeah. right in the middle of all that and i was going to leave him because i had had it mm-hmm. you know i i didn't see any change in him mm. and and everybody gets to that moment yeah I've been there. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I was washing dishes because I was going to go to a ladies' retreat. And that I was, was gone my very first one. Right? You I, were on another business trip doing mm-hmm. who knows what, you know, back then. <laughs> and so, um, anyway, I was washing that last dish and I looked out and it was so dreary and all the bushes were like black dark. And all of a sudden, my eyes hit this beautiful baby leaf. It was bright green coming out. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I heard yeah. God's voice and He said, Out of death. I will bring life. Wow. And so and then off to the monastery I went. I spent a lot of alone time with the Lord soul searching mm-hmm. and it shifted me. Yeah. Because and then I came back and mm-hmm. I and I told Pat I said, I'm giving you to the Lord. I'm not I'm going to cuz I was yeah, exhausted. I'm done. Yeah. With what you said. I cannot manipulate, control him, no, help him. I couldn't. Mm-hmm. It yeah. took more than me. And I was scared and,
1: and you scared the fire on me when you said that because I I thought to myself,
2: Cause he thought he had it all. Made. I can
1: figure this gal out. I can outthink her. I can outtalk her. Mm. You know, back then I could. Nowadays it's not the same.
2: <laughs> the Lord works. And I thought,
1: you know, if, if she releases me from not being able to have that communication with her and she gives me literally over to the Lord.
2: And I was at peace.
1: Um, mm. Then I've got to account to someone yeah. a whole lot higher, a whole yeah. lot stronger. I don't stand a chance of oh, yeah. manipulating and so oh, forth. Oh,
0: yeah. So, yeah. Wow. You know. um, so it helped. Because I know, I can imagine that right now there's some listeners who, because I'll be honest, there was lines in our marriage, not sexually, but just emotionally that Mm -hmm. were crossed consistently that I felt like when I turned to the church or even to scripture, Mm -hmm. I couldn't find where the healthy lines needed to be. I was like, I felt like I'd laid down my life Mm -hmm. so So many many times times to continue to love through that, that I was being slowly destroyed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, where are the boundaries where I can live and feel safe and yet still love like Jesus would? And it's like that fine, because at some point you do, you just lay down your life, you know? But I was living in that place of like... And How
2: far do I go? Right,
0: and so for some women, because there are some women who are in extreme situations where mm-hmm. the men are not allowing God to work, you know what I mean? So yes. where do you help women draw the line between, you know, at some point it does become... Unhealthy for the woman to mm-hmm. continue to sleep with a man who is not changing. Correct. You know, or well, whatever. if he's having an affair, that's that's a that's that's going to that's another
2: story. A whole yeah. other story. Um, we have some friends that come out of that ministry, and they have a ministry. And usually, the men have a men's group, the women have a women's group. You, you and they have a thing called safety action plan. Mm-hmm. And if the man is willing to submit to his accountability and to the men mm-hmm. and to learn where his yeah. wounds are, it's all out of wounding. And they don't even realize it. Yeah. yeah because yeah. they're so
1: wounded, they can't see it.
2: They can't right, see right. it. They're stuck in this horrible yeah. cycle. But there's to break traffic. the cycle, there's some real hard line changes that have to be made for at least 90 days. Mm. You know, and the woman. And the man have to agree to it. and mm-hmm. So they develop a safety action plan. And in that plan, is if he makes a mistake, these are the actions that
0: are going to be taken. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And she's got a Very group co- of women. Strong consequences. Yes.
0: Okay, so, so yeah. that's a great ministry. You have
2: to. That's you a great ministry.
0: But how does that help my average listener who maybe isn't connected to that ministry or may never be able to afford to be connected to that ministry? It's not,
2: the, it's not a problem of being affordable.
0: Okay, it's so. Not.
2: It's it's a group of women that meet. Uh-huh. They have one book that they have to purchase. What What ministry you know, is it? Um, women of redeemed hearts and, and men of redemption, of redemption. That, that's out of our church back oh, in okay. Dallas but they're all rooted in
0: puredesire.org, puredesire.org. and they okay. have
2: groups online too mm-hmm. that they can join all over the country mm-hmm. and uh, it helps them understand why men's brains work the way they do mm-hmm. the reason that in Proverbs it talks about the men and keep your eyes pure mm-hmm. and all that is because they're visually wired that Mm -hmm. way and he has to rewire his brain
0: yeah you know
2: and it's and and when a woman understands that it releases her in a way release my heart from feeling guilt yes and shame and all that stuff because Mm -hmm. it's like oh he's wired and he's messed up wired Mm. and when he realizes that that there is a way out because a lot of men don't know how to get out of that yes you know and there's some men that are so wired hard they have to go to, uh, it's I think it was in Colorado, mm-hmm. and, they, and they even go deeper, right? you know, into that. And so, and they even have lie detector tests at a certain place, and mm-hmm. full disclosure. I mean, that's a whole ministry, and right. walk into, I mean, but if you really yeah, want help. It's a talk ministry, actually. Right. You know, and we have couples we've sent through there, and right. they have actually had beautiful restorations.
0: So let me ask you, at what point, and but, this is just a candid question because we're dealing with real life, real situations constantly, <laughs> Um, at what point do you recommend to a couple separation? separation. Maybe not divorce, but separation mm-hmm. for the, because even what you're describing is a separation. It is. They go to different locations yes, to work on things. And I feel like for, at times for us, separation would have been helpful simply to bring accountability to the baggage mm-hmm. you know, and even yep. isolation yep. to heal and to evaluate ourselves. You know what I mean? like that probably would have been helpful. Um, and so what what do you recommend for people with that?
2: Um. When when we, I don't think we ever have. Yeah. No. Because because we if we're right there, so we're like becomes the accountability. Mm-hmm. But for for uh, if the emotional abuse is so abusive, mm-hmm. you know, or physical abuse, that's a grounds right there to, yeah. to, to let's take a time out. Right. But I would not say isolate. They need to right. run into accountability. It needs to be with a plan. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. a plan, and that's part of the safety action plan. Because there, there's comes a point where you do separate, right? You know, yeah, and
1: there's something that we will never recommend divorce. Never. Wow. we will oftentimes recommend separation,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and we've seen couples where he's been physically, and or emotionally abusive with his wife, mm-hmm. and the kids are starting to get hurt. Mm-hmm. So that's the other flip side of things. Yeah. Yeah. it's one thing to go after the the wife; it's something else to have the children tied into that whole thing. And now yeah. all of a sudden, you're you've taken. The pain point of me to another person, and you've extended it to two or three other children. Yeah. Now the family's in jeopardy, not just the wife, but the family becomes in jeopardy, mm-hmm. and we we can't endorse that. We will not recommend um, divorce again because we believe in the covenant and we believe in God's grace to overcome mm-hmm. man's sin. However, in the practical world, like you brought up,
2: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, we we give them into, in, into um, separation, but then. To Andy's point. And we
2: prefer them on to counselors.
1: Yeah, yeah, There needs because to be accountability. Yeah. 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 In other words, just don't go into another room and say, okay, for two weeks I'm not going to talk to you. Right. Uh-uh. No, there's an action plan. You yeah. get into another room, okay, let's talk about what happened. Yeah. Let's talk about talk about some of your pressure points, some of your pain points. Yeah. What is it that you're expecting that you're not having or that you're not receiving right now? And right. what is it that we can do to start talking through mm-hmm. some of these issues so that you can be healed? Right.
2: Because a lot of people think you don't have to go to your past. Oh, no, you know. know, Oh, my gosh. Everything, really, yeah. yeah. It's either, it's your first seven years of life. You pick up so much because you're getting imprinted and you don't even know it. Yeah. Yeah. And it becomes part of your thread of your personality on how to react to things, talk about things, think through. Your Your channels in your brains are being grooved, and that's a scientific fact. Mm -hmm. You know, so the reason why you keep doing the same things is because it's grooved in your your brain. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have to r- literally yeah, we call regroup that, it.
1: We call that private logic. Yes. Yeah. Private logic says in the first seven years, your, your character, your personality, your frame of reference, your perspective is all pretty much formed in place. Mm-hmm. Anything beyond age seven is just an outcrop or an outgrowth of what it is that you've already become.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You just become more mature in the way you see things. You become more mature in the way you perceive cynical, things. Depending yeah. which yeah. the
2: bent is. But, yeah. Yeah. So it's
1: really critical when you train up a child in the way he shall go, mm-hmm. Scripture says. That training at a young age is absolutely critical
0: Mm. because
1: you're literally forming their character is you give them godly principles. Oh,
0: I'm thinking through my kids' first seven years. I'm like, oh, crap. God's got a <laughs> job to do. Okay, I missed that one out. God does have a you know, job to do. Probably like, first seven years? None of none us know what we're doing do. those yeah. first
2: seven years of childhood. Yeah. See, and that's another thing. That's why we go to churches and to, and try to just teach Being mentoring. Community.
0: Yes. Yeah. And,
2: you know, it's t- it's putting back into the church what was normally organic. Yeah. And how to women talk to women yeah. and be real. Not yeah. this, you know, I'm perfect. Fluffy, yeah, yeah, not the... Not, masks are Christian off ease. Now. Yeah. same yeah. with the men the men need to embrace each other and yeah. help them through this yeah, that's true. there's yeah. the sense of that community mm-hmm. and breaking bread and having fellowship That was about the word and how to apply it and how to become family how to love each other yeah. the older yeah, women teaching the lo- younger women it's not going to be overnight this is yeah. part of a,
0: a process and growing too. i think it was a big part of that culture that's different in our culture yes Okay, so guys, we're going to actually, I love all this rich content. And I know these last two (laughs) topics of culture and in-laws and communication, there's so much in this next one. So we're just going to wrap this one right here. Um, And then part two is going to be next week, which is going to be again with Andy and Pat. And they're going to dive into how to deal with in-laws because they've seen (laughs) a lot of it and have some great tools there. And communication and listen, the tools they gave us for uh, communication was our major hang-up. And so when they gave us these specific, just a couple of keys, it's like you just need a key to unlock your door, and the couple of keys just unlocked for us some new healing and new growth and new safety. And it was huge. And so um, you're definitely going to want to come back next week for that. Um, but just to, just in summary for finances, you're going to have a saver and spender. You need a budget and then you need mad money. Everybody needs the little bit of freedom to just breathe and yeah, spend how they true. want. And then with sex Good sex is reflective of a good relationship. If your sex life is bad, look deeper. There's something else going on and evaluate why is there maybe a lack of trust or a lack of safety existing in our marriage and dig into those things. Um, And so this was good. This is really great. Okay, so come back next week, you guys, and we'll see you there. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. For those of you who've rated or shared this podcast on social media, thank you. Reading your comments and reviews always means so much to me. Listen, let's stay connected. Come follow me on Instagram at Java with Jen, where you can follow the latest and say hey. It's a really great way to stay in touch. Many of you have also asked how you can support the show. You can make donations through the Anchor app or on Patreon or, of course, by sharing, rating, and reviewing on social media and iTunes as well. Thank you to each of you for your ongoing support. Your heartfelt feedback always reminds me why I do this. Until next time, remember, you've got this and God's got you.